Hello, and this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And you are now listening to Soul Archaeology, a podcast where we do stuff and things and have yet to come up with a really cool tagline. Sorry about it. <laughs> it just hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen right now. It's, it's not going to happen right now. And, and honestly, honestly, usually I start out, if you've listened before, you, you know that I start out by saying what we're going to talk about on today's show. And while we have a vague idea, the truth of the matter is, is that I think we're both so steeped in what the fuck that we honestly don't know where it's going to go. So we have a jumping off point. There's been a message coming through for Jamie um, about being a misfit. And the yeah. value of being a misfit. So we're gonna we're gonna start there, but I have a feeling that this is going to parlay itself into the path we're taking um, collectively, which is a laugh itself for me right now because I can't tap into anything. Like like all of the messaging is just I'm so oversaturated. I can't take anything more right now. Um, but I really think that this is probably going to reveal what the collective is headed towards in terms of our gift to our world. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, and once again, just for anybody who is, you know, new or maybe listening for the first time, this is an unscripted show. We don't sit down and write anything down. This is off the cuff. We well, it's, are it's figuring than, it out. It's more than unscripted. It is unorganized. <laughs> It is, what do you want us to say? Let's sit in front of a microphone and spit it out. Because sometimes we are, we have been in a, um, well, what would I call it? A dead space? Uh, that sounds pretty tragic. It, we've been in a holding pattern of sorts. Uh, well, Jamie and I. Sometimes we're in a holding pattern ourselves and we are going through stuff that has us questioning everything. And so we need this as much as you do. Yeah. If you need it. If you if the if you find this interesting, then you need it. But what I'm saying is is that we do this for ourselves. And hopefully it helps you along the way. Yeah, because we know that we're not the only ones going through this. We, we can't possibly be. No. There's <laughs> there's a whole lot of people in the world. And even though we are pretty bizarre, uh, there's got to be people out there who are even more bizarre or just as bizarre as we are, <laughs> or on the brink of discovering how bizarre they actually are, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes possibly through this show. So, you know, that's, that's what we do. And this is the same conversation that we've been having with each other for ongoing for over 20 years now. So basically, you, you get to listen in to what we would normally be doing but now we're sharing it with you in hopes that not only does it help us figure shit out but it helps you figure shit out for yourself yeah 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 so <laughs> so it's been a good show everyone thanks for tuning in we'll see you <laughs> next time so so right now the biggest thing that i've been getting um, and you know, and I, I don't know if this is simply a personality thing for me. I don't feel like it's just simply a personality thing or I wouldn't be bringing it up. Uh, I am a Gemini. I am a double Gemini. So for a lot of people, you'll take that as being maybe a little more scattered generally overall. 
because, well, Geminis tend to be a, oh, look, shiny, like easily distracted or distractible. Um, and I don't really feel, I think that's the way most people receive it. I don't necessarily feel that way. I feel a little more grounded than that. But I do feel like there are many, many, many facets to me. I have many, many facets. There are many, many things that I am passionate about that I love from a creative perspective that I would like to be involved in. And usually it seems to me, as I'm seeing all of these different facets of myself, I see how they're all interconnected. But I don't always know that everybody else sees how they're all interconnected or how they receive it. And the message that I've been getting is that it's okay to be the weird weirdo that I am, that it's okay (laughs) to be in the middle and not try to cater so much to the general public by leaning into one facet more than another facet. It's like, look, you've been squarely sat down in the middle between all of these things for a reason. My problem is that a lot of times I don't feel like I am being understood or that people can relate to what I am saying or going through because I do have a finger in so many things, so to speak. You know, I have dipped my toe into, you know, this path and that path and this creative outlet and that creative outlet. and. I'm, you know, I'm just goofy me. Like, I am not going to come across all the time as this, you know, very well put together, incredibly organized, goddess-like figure of metaphysical knowledge. That's not who I am. It's like, most likely you're going to see me showing up to a place in jeans and like a Harry Potter t-shirt, my hair and braids. And, (laughs) you know, it's like that can change at any moment. I don't get me wrong. Like I can, I can do the goddessy thing, but that's, that's not natural to me. I don't feel like a lot of things, not a lot of things feel natural to me at all. This world doesn't feel natural to me at all. Nothing feels like it comes Naturally, I feel like I have found my place sitting in the in-between. And I think to most people, that makes me a misfit. A mit, a, a what? I, can, I can really speak today. A, a misfit. <laughs> an outcast. You know, a like a lot of families have a black sheep. I'm a plaid sheep with purple polka dots. Like there's, there's nothing like me. Your voice is distorted, like too loud. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, so I think that when I listen to you speak, what I'm hearing is something that I've also been noticing, but I think maybe in a, slightly different way, a different perspective. And that is that the world that we are coming from versus the world that we are transitioning to 
the world that we are coming from was very much based on and defined by egoic identities. And the stronger the egoic identity, the stronger the relatability. So I think that people have really, for many, many years, have been identifying with their beliefs, and their beliefs are who they are. But as you transition through this spiritual journey, you start to realize that your beliefs are not who you are, your beliefs are how you are. And you start to um, come to the understanding that it isn't about where'd it go? <laughs> My gosh, are we going to make it through this show? <laughs> okay, so you start to understand that um, you are not your beliefs. And you don't have to, there are percentages, percentages of you that identify with certain aspects of your beliefs. And those aspects are not who you are. So I think that's what you're really battling with. I think that's the, the feeling of the misfit is I don't identify enough with any one thing to be considered that thing. So that makes me not easily translatable to other people. I don't think that being not easily translatable equates to not being relatable. I think the goal is be being relatable and you are relatable when you are authentic, when you are passionate, when you allow all that stuff to lay out, people tend to react to that mostly positively. But translatable is where we get into how do you market that? How do you uh, make people understand that? And that's always been my problem. And I think this this is a concept that I have held for as long as I can remember. And that is that ultimately, I am my own person. I have to be true to myself. I have to be true to what's in my heart. And there is absolutely nothing out there that anybody could say or do to make me feel any different about that. And I have always questioned certain things that I have witnessed, either, you know, pick a subject. It's like religion, the world in general, entertainment, you know, I observe what's going on and I have my own thoughts and feelings and observations about those things. And my thoughts, feelings, and observations tend to, uh, tend to go against what everybody else is feeling. I don't often find a space where I just fall in with a crowd, mix in easily. And it's not that I see myself as a myth. I can't wow. say that word today. What I don't know what is it is. The deal that is amazing. Maybe it's a childhood thing that's coming back. I don't know. I had a lot of weird like vocal affectations when I was younger. What and do you it mean? feels like that's uh like I had words that I couldn't say. Like it was really oh. like I had uh let's see, what was another favorite? Um I couldn't say helicopter. I said heckalopter. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> a lot of people found that really funny. Um, 
So I don't see myself as a misfit <laughs> or an outcast. Um, I don't see myself that way, but it seems like throughout my life, it's been continually pointed out that, hey, you are not like any of the others. You don't fit in anywhere. There is no slot that we can just easily fill with you. You are in the middle. You're a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that over here. And you're this over here, but with a slightly different, you know, from a slightly different angle. It's like, it's that and a whole lot of that. And I feel like there are, I have, how do I want to break this down? I feel like there are people out there who maybe can identify with a sliver of me (laughs) with a particular panel on the prism but if they step back and they see the whole thing the whole thing confuses them and then they don't know what to do with it and then it's like and they walk away which is hard on a person like you know I have found this in my own family that like you know I can start talking on one subject but that will lead me to another one and another one and then all of a sudden I feel like Michael J. Fox at the end of Back to the Future, part one, where he's <laughs> playing what? the crazy guitar licks and oh. everybody is staring at him like, what in the hell? And he's like, sorry, it's a little too much for you now, but your kids are going to love it. That's what I feel like. I feel like I am too much for you right now, but three, four generations down the line, your, your people are going to look back at me and going, Hey, she was onto something. Um, that's what it feels like. And I feel often like I am bending myself into pretzels, trying to, trying to get people to understand me <laughs> or relate to me. And I am at a, point right now energetically where I do not have the energy, the bandwidth, the whatever you want to call it to, to try to compensate any longer. It is like, look, you are going to get me exactly the way I show up, which some days may mean, you know, not being able to say the fucking word misfit. (laughs) Which some days might mean I'm showing up in jeans and a t-shirt and no fucking makeup and my hair is greasy and sorry about it. (laughs) And another day might mean I had five minutes where I felt like being cute today and dressing up. And so, yeah, you're going to get goddessy version of me today. But I am too tired right now to divide myself up into portions and not give you the whole me. And the whole me is incredibly complex. And the, but I feel at the same time, as, as complex as it may seem, it's also incredibly simple. It, it is both multifaceted and yet at its core, incredibly simple. Like to me, it's like, well, why not? Why can't you be all of those things? And why can't all of those things be incorporated? I know they can be because I am evidence of that. 
And I feel like we are moving towards a place where that is what is being asked of us to stop trying so hard to be perfect in one area or another, or to be this over that, and to go ahead and just be a combination of all the things that you are. If you want to be 30 different things, then go on and be 30 different things and just show that. And I am just waiting for a time when more people start showing up that way. So I don't feel like I'm alone floating in space. Well, and again, that speaks to the whole journey of spirituality and awakening and all that crap. Um, Part of that journey is being brave enough to listen to your inner guidance, which is now telling you that how you've been living up until the point you awaken has been backwards and in some ways, at least moving forward, will be incorrect. That's not the way that you're going to show up anymore. And it takes a lot of courage to step into that. It takes... Because the first thing you do when you start awakening and when you start opening up to the idea that the world, how you thought the world worked is not the way the world actually works, it makes you feel like you're going crazy. And from my experience, at least for myself, I ask constantly, am I losing my mind? Because if I'm losing my mind, you'll let me know, right? Like I need to know if I'm losing my mind because I can stop at any time, which no, I couldn't. That was just a story I was telling myself to get myself to keep going. But um, I can stop this at any time. I'll just stop exploring it. And, And then I won't go crazy because that was the big fear. It just is so diametrically opposed. What you start to encounter is so diametrically opposed to what you've been taught and programmed with, with growing up that the world in many ways ceases to make sense. And I've been dealing with that a lot lately. Now, here's the interesting part of that is that it will cease to make sense and then it will come into focus again and you will be living in an entirely different realm where you feel comfortable enough and it's big enough for you. You've expanded enough alongside that world that there's enough room for you. There's it's it's like you have stepped into a new world. It does not look anything like the world that you came from originally. And you will get into a comfort zone there and then boom, bluey, your comfort zone will be uh dissolved. And that means that you are, you know, it's a constant metamorphosis. It's a constant caterpillar into butterfly, caterpillar into butterfly cycle. And every time you reach caterpillar phase, you're going to turn into goo. Everything's going to be weird and wonky. And the only message that you might get about that to help you through is just hang in there. It'll all make sense soon, which while you're goo, (laughs) while you're in caterpillar phase, does not help enough. That's not enough help. (laughs) Please help more. Please tell me more. And unfortunately, your guides will be like, if we told you more, you would not get it. It would not be helpful the way you think it'll be helpful. Yeah. I happen to be in that phase right now. I'm in caterpillar phase. And no matter how many people are in caterpillar phase with me, caterpillar phase is very much about being in the chrysalis. It's very much about being alone. I mean, it is not a coincidence, this analogy that we are using here. And so even though there may be a lot of people out there in the collective going through caterpillar phase, feeling rather gooey and like they can't process anything, I can't 
complexity is too far beyond me right now. I need to do robot things. I need to lift. I need to carry. I need to sweep. I need to, I feel like I need a vacation. And right now, since I can't really afford to take a vacation, my vacation is, you know, scrolling social media here and there. Um, I just try to be mindful not to let that overtake me. But my point is, is that I think that if I'm going through caterpillar phase right now, I cannot be the only one. And so mm -hmm. here I am on this show talking to another caterpillar. And between the two caterpillars, we are hoping that we will talk to a lot of other caterpillars out there. And at least you will know at the very least, even though you still feel alone in your confusion, in your frustration, in your anxiety, in your anger, we cannot keep you company in there because you are in your chrysalis and we're in ours. However, know that the phase is temporary. And when you come out of that phase, you will have expanded into yet another new realm, a new world, a new way to exist. And along with that will come new understanding of who you are, where you are, and how you are. And that's something to look forward to. Now, my guides personally have been repeating January, January, Jan just hold on till January, because right now I feel like I'm in a position where I need to make changes. I have no idea what those changes look like. All I can see is what I don't want. I cannot figure out what I do want. I'm There's no inspired action. Um, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to live a life of inspired action. And yeah. so every, every night I ask the guides, guides, tell me what I need to see or tell me what I need to hear. Show me what I need to see. Point me in the direction I need to go. Not like a directive, go here, but in a, from my heart, I feel a yearning to go out and go to Trader Joe's. It can be literally <laughs> that stupid and yeah. that simple. Just make me want. In the morning, make me want to walk around the neighborhood. In the morning, or in the, this coming week, in this next day, because I try to keep it, like I've, I've posted about this on social media, try to keep myself in the next 24 hours. I can handle the next 24 hours. I might not be able to handle a whole week. I yeah. might not be emotionally or mentally or energetically stable enough to consider an entire week in advance. So I have made it all right with myself and it has done me a lot of good to keep it within the next 24 hours. So every night before I go to bed, I ask, I, I, I talk about the previous day, what I experienced, what I enjoyed. I kind of play the Pollyanna glad game. You know, I, I'm glad that, that it was nice and sunny. I'm glad that I went on a walk. I'm glad that I did all the things on my list that I said I would do the night prior. Then I do a little ritual where I pillar white light energy from above and below. And I kind of make that connection let it all flow through me. I send love to the planet as cliche as that sounds. I let my, my body move with this and I send a burst of light out of my palms around the planet. And I thank everyone without exception who is here on this planet for being here on this planet because being on this planet is a suck fest. That's hard work. I, I recognize it. It's hard work and it's a suck fest and it's kind of getting shittier every day in a lot of ways. That doesn't mean it's getting shittier in every way. There's always checks and balances. But 
Sometimes when you're having a rough time, it just feels like it's all bad. And so even on those days, and probably most especially on those days, I send that wave of love across the planet, especially to the people that are feeling like it's nothing but a suck fest. I love you. I thank you for being here with me. And then I pillar back up to source. Just my little ritual that I created for myself. It's quick. It's easy. It's succinct. And it feels powerful. It's what resonates with me. From there, I move on to the last part of my little evening ritual, which is where I talk about what I want the next day to look like, what I want to feel. And here's the thing about that. I don't always know, but I have a basic idea that I want the day to be easy. I want it to flow and I want to feel motivated to do the things that are in my best interest, even if I don't know at that moment. Or even know consciously, yeah, I may not know what they are. In fact, recently, within the past month, I've spent more time not knowing what the hell I'm going to do next than I've known. Yeah. So that's how I handle it. But right now, to me, the most important aspect of my life that I want to step into is always inspiration. I always want to feel whether I want to be inspired to bake something or make a healthy meal for myself or do something like completely mind-blowingly large, larger than I ever, just inspire me, higher self, inspire me, God, inspire me, source, inspire me, angels, whoever is out there with the, you know, pocket full of stardust that is inspiration, sprinkle it on my damn ass tonight as I sleep. (laughs) And give me some effing direction, damn it. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And my problem isn't normally inspiration, necessarily. I feel like I'm inspired often by a lot of things. Sometimes I think too many things. <laughs> That I would get be inspired. <laughs> that would be the yeah, double genre. exactly. <laughs> I get expired. Expired. I get inspired. <laughs> Jeez, Louises. I cannot speak today. I get so inspired by so many things that it becomes overwhelming to choose a thing to like actually put focus into. And sometimes I'm putting my focus into a dozen things. In one day, with the little bit of energy I have, I'm doling it out to all of those things. But I think a lot of times, especially more recently, because I get the feeling that either I'm I'm not really being understood or I'm really not being heard or seen, I'm just trying to go, okay, well, one of, surely one of these amazing things that I'm inspired to do is going to trigger some sort of connection point for me and the rest of the world. Like, like I'm going to cast the hook and somebody is going to grab onto and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's going to be, uh, then, then I know, okay, so that's the one that I keep putting more energy behind. And it seems like I'll get several of those. And so I'll start putting the energy behind it and then I'll put more energy behind it. And then nothing. (laughs) Then crickets or the fish wiggles 
loose and swims away. And then I'm like, what happened? Like, did I, you know, do I offend? Like, what happened? Um, and then I get really sad about it. And then I start thinking, seriously, is there something like, what the hell? Is there something wrong with me? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sharing, I'm, I'm being authentic here and I don't feel like my authentic self relates to anyone. But what I've been shown lately is that although the pieces of me that I am sharing are authentic, it is not a holistic view of who I am because I am trying too hard to carve myself up into little pieces and only feed you what I feel you are going to connect with. And so, and that's not necessarily a conscious choice all the time. I feel like it's just something that I am becoming more aware of. And I feel like that is something that I have been, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word plagued, plagued by since childhood, because right away I got signals that, look, you're, you're cute, you're sweet, you're nice to be around, but there's things about you that like people just can't hang with or abide by or put faith or belief in or feelings towards. So uh, those parts of you need to remain hidden. And then I had, as I got older and stepped more into my spirituality, I really felt that, you know, and it's so interesting because I feel like although I feel like a part of me opened up when I was able to step more into my spirituality and investigate that more. And I feel like I may have opened the door to more, more resources and more outlets for some of the things that I was experiencing and feeling and, and opened the door for um, more discussion and maybe feeling a little less alone in those ways. At the same time, I also felt like I opened the door to another niche and I don't fit in that niche either. And I kept finding other niches that were interesting to me that I wanted to explore that maybe a portion of me was interested in. But it also at the same time felt like, well, unless you're willing to give your entire self over to this thing, then you don't fit in here either. And that's something very definite about me. I'm not giving myself over to any one thing ever, no matter what it is, because well, that right. is simply <laughs> not what is in, that is not what's inside me. That's not what's in my heart. That is not what I feel guided towards. So if I am, if I am in a space where I'm feeling there are more options or more leeway for me to do things outside of what is considered the norm, 
I will naturally be pulled towards that <laughs> because simply I mean given more options to to um explore for myself and connect myself to. I hope that's making sense. Um but yeah, I feel like I get to a certain point with something and the minute my insides go, oh, yes, so you can do that. And oh, by the way, you can also take a little bit of this over here and mix that in. And that makes that even better. The minute I do that and I share that, I feel like people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't mix those things. <laughs> well, and of course they are, because a lot of the I think the majority of people that we run into. um again, I'm, I'm, I'm qualifying everything I say in my head as I say it. So it makes me want to change how I worded it. But let's just say for argument's sake, the majority of people you run into are still identifying with the, uh, the overarching term, um, of whatever it is you're experiencing. So either they're a Democrat or Republican, you know, or you're a populist, like we get into these titles and at some point, they go from being a helpful term of explaining where maybe the majority of your thoughts or your beliefs lie to a definition of who you are as a person. I mean, isn't that just the human mob mentality? Isn't that just what that's just how the pendulum swings? As soon as you find somewhere to fit in, up until the point we're at now, as soon as we would find somewhere we'd fit in, you know, that's why you had cliques in school. You had the drama geeks, you had the cheerleaders, you had the jocks, because what you did was who you were. Mm -hmm. And the jocks behaved in certain ways. I mean, it really is a lot more complex than we could ever hope to break down here. But what we're seeing now through this spiritual awakening journey is that we are being called into the fullness of ourselves and the fullness of ourselves cannot be pigeonholed into whatever your likes or desires may align with. There's much more to it than that. You, we are percentages. We are, we are coming online to all of the once broken apart, unrelated facets of ourselves all of the pieces of ourselves that we were able to cling to as an identity are now being united. That's, that's what unity, that's how unity starts. That's how collective unity is going to come through, through the uniting of our own inner fragmented pieces, our own inner cheerleader. Maybe we have 5% cheerleader. Maybe we have 10% artistic, you know, or art student. Maybe we have 35% drama geek. You know what I mean? All of these fragments are starting to unite into a holistic version of who we are. Unfortunately, on a larger scale, and maybe not even on a larger scale, because I don't actually believe it's a larger scale. I believe it is a larger scale in terms of how it's marketed. Marketing, whether it's through mainstream legacy media or however, that's, that's just the first thing that comes to mind because it's kind of what I'm focused on right now in my own life. Um, marketing makes it seem as though you should be um, able to identify with one thing or another or a couple of things. And that is the way that they keep us controlled. That is the way that they manage us. 
So when you start stepping into your own individuality and realize that your individuality is made up of hundreds of different facets that you are now able to unite in a way that is comfortable for you, what that also calls you into doing is being able to market yourself in a world that is still still has an artificial marketing system in place. And that's really difficult. I've discovered yeah. that's really I difficult. I want to break that system. I want to break that system so badly. I want to throw Thor's hammer into it and <laughs> and see it shatter into a million fucking pieces because I have I have an anxiety attack just trying to like decipher what the um what the audience is for the show like they want you to like what what kind of podcast are you i don't know i'm like we're everything i find we finally had to settle i think on like lifestyle because that was the only thing that came even close because it's like are you a spiritual podcast it's like well we talk about spirituality that doesn't make it a spiritual podcast if i look under spiritual podcasts i find a lot of religion and I don't really do religion. So that doesn't work. If I call it a blog, then, you know, this is lumped in with people who are, you know, doing recipes and, you know, moms doing mom stuff and doing beauty. And, and it's like, and it's not that. So it's like, I roll down this long ass list of all these things. And it's like, it's none of those, or it's all of those. Like, you can't just like, I can only pick three. How come I can only pick three? I'm, I'm more than just three. And it's like, well, we need to figure out a way to spin you. And it's like, I don't want you to spin me at all. I want, (laughs) this is where we, this is how we got to this stupid place is by spinning the facets around and around and around. So you can only see a portion of them. I need an aerial shot. Okay, can I I just point out something really interesting that you just said? Now, for those of you who are first-time listeners, hopefully we have some of those. Um, For those of you who may be listening for the first time, Jamie's been going through some health issues. Um, And the main issue is vertigo, extreme dizziness, passing Mm -hmm. out, this kind of thing. It's been really bad. And she's been to all the doctors, had all the blood drawn, had tilt tests, all of this stuff that she's going through. None of the doctors can figure out what the hell's going on. And I just like to point out, because we here on Soul Archaeology like to talk about the energetic causes Mm -hmm. of the expression of what you're going through. And you're going through severe spinning. And I'd like to point out that the way you just said that we want to spin you, there's not a, it's not a coincidence that you said it that way. You know, and I, I hear that and it truly is what it feels like every day I wake up and I am put in a place where I am just spinning. I'm at a constant flat spin and I cannot stop and I am tired of spinning. I don't want to be spun any longer. <laughs> so, you know, and, and the message that I've been getting is that, you know, it's not just you or, you know, it's not just me when I'm 
hearing it for myself. It's like, it's not just about me and that I feel this way. And it's not just about the fact that we are in a chrysalis phase. The chrysalis phase is the, is the micro of the situation. The macro of the situation is that when you back yourself up and you take a look, there's generally not just one butterfly or caterpillar in the, in the chrysalis waiting to become a butterfly. There are many, many, many. I see this every season in my backyard. Um, right. But they're each in their individual chrysalis. They're, they're in their there's- individual chrysalis, but it is a collection of, I don't know, what's the plural chrysalis? Chrysalis? <laughs> um, there, there is a collection and they are all going through that process at the same time. And very often I will witness within, you know, maybe even a few hours that many will have broken out, you know, into all of their new butterfly-ness within a very short amount of time of each other. They all they all do it around the same time and they all release around the same time. And then they're all buzzing beautifully around my backyard. And I feel very much that that is something that's happening right now. We're cocooning to do that inner stuff. That's yucky that we don't like doing. It's like, every day is a dark night of the soul type of a work right now. I think especially for us who have been on this path for a while, I feel like there are quite a few people out there kind of in that bliss stage right now where they're like just starting to see the options and they're going, Ooh, this is very shiny. And there's all these things I can take advantage of. That's awesome. I'm glad that you're right there. Um, for anybody who is. I'm not in that space right now. I know a lot of us are not in that space right now. A lot of us are literally being like walked back through the path of our life and we're doing another round of that culling process of that, you know, what are you releasing? What are you getting rid of? What do you not need to take with you into this new space? And I guess the thing that I'm eventually trying to get to is that those of us who are in this position where we've never felt as though we have really fit anywhere, we're there in that space very specifically because we are bridges. We are meant to fill the gap to stand in the middle where, you know, all of the junctions come together and help pull people over, bring people in, help them across by saying, it's okay for you to just be whoever you are in this moment. And it doesn't matter how many facets there are to that. If there's a million facets to that, fine. Bring all of those facets with you. You don't have to choose just one over the other. I know I can't. I I cannot be just one 
sided. I am not a a flat image. I am not a 2D image. I am working on becoming a, a very five-dimensional, if not more, individual. And there are many, many facets to me. I can't I can't release the things that feel right for me to be involved in. And I think sometimes to my own detriment, I have released portions of myself or pushed portions of myself away for the sake of calling and trying to make things more simple and easy. And it's like, well, you're not, you're neither simple nor easy. Like in the grand scheme of things, yes, you are a simple being, but all simple things have complexities to them. So ultimately I am, I'm a complex individual. I am a, humans are complex. There's a lot of different things that we're holding all at once. And I am beginning to see more and more value in that I'm getting to hold more and more value in that. I wrote a little bit about that on my own personal Instagram today, but I, it is something that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for starting to step into that space where I can accept all of me and all of those crazy facets, because one of the first things that you're asked to do, um, I think, or you feel that you're asked to do when you take something new on is to fully commit to that thing and give your whole self over to it and conform to whatever your idea of that is. Like, I I know I felt that way when I was first on my spiritual path and the first things that I picked up, it's like, oh, so people who who have feelings or can relate to or have beliefs in these things act this way. They dress this way. They talk this way. They read these sort of books. They go to these sort of places. They only relate to these sort of people. And you do that for a little while And then you step back and you're like, well, hey, how is this any different from that thing that I did before that I didn't like? It's not any different from that. Okay, so I don't like that. So I don't, that's not something that I want to do. But when you go to incorporate all of those little different facets, that's when people kind of go, but that's not how that's done. Right. And I'm over here going, but why not? Or more importantly, that's how it's done with me. Well, you know, and I think that's ultimately what led me to wanting to study anthropology and history. I I couldn't understand people. Like, I, I didn't understand what, like, what drives you to be a certain way or to accept only a certain amount of things when there are, there's this, you know, huge world that we're a part of. How is it that you can go through life and only pay attention to this one little sliver of it? 
or only be interested in this one little sliver. I'm like, I'm interested in all of it. Bring it all on. I want to hear about all of it. And then I want to be able to pick and choose what I weave together. You know, it's like my, my blanket is always going to look like a patchwork quilt. Yeah. It, it is never going to look like the, you know, a minimalist streamlined beige. It's, that's, that's never going to be me. Well, and I think what you're, I think what you're really tapping into here, because this is something that a subject that's been brought up to me intermittently over the past month, especially, which is reductivism. Mm -hmm. Our society was built on a foundation of reductivism. How much easier, how many more systems can we make to make it easier to do things Um, like taxes, for instance? Um, And I think that at this point, the coping mechanism of reductivism has become a coping curse. And we are in our spiritual awakening individually, we are being challenged to open ourselves up to unifying all those different compartmentalized aspects of ourselves. And that is challenging, even though it's happening within us on a small scale, that change in the fractal programming of our reality. And that was a lot of big words that just came out. But can you imagine our reality on every level is the same? It's holographic. The same information just repeats itself on smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller levels. And we are changing that programming on an internal axis. And it's inevitably, even if the rest of the world, even if we never spoke about it out loud, we never told anyone what we were doing. We tried to keep it as secret and locked down as possible. So it was just our thing, our special little thing. It would still challenge the programming on which our society is based. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening right now. Our society has been has become dependent on reductivism. So if you have a viewpoint that challenges even an aspect of a popular um, group viewpoint. I don't know how to say this. This is words are hard, but try Uh and bear with me here. If your viewpoint on one aspect of a massively held viewpoint, if that challenges that massively viewed, um, massively held viewpoint, it will make, it will anger people. Because instead of instead of challenging that aspect of their, quote, identity, you are challenging the entire identity. So suddenly you are a threat. Because the program recognizes that if one tiny aspect is changed of the program, the entire program must be changed. And that's pretty much it. I feel like... Like in my case, I feel like when people view me, like we might start talking about a subject and they make assumptions about who I am. And then the minute I bring something else up with a different, a slightly different angle on that viewpoint, they don't know what box to put me in anymore. And because they don't know what box to put me in, they run away. Sometimes screaming, I feel like going, it's too complicated. we don't know, we don't know. It's, like, it's you, too complicated. Got, I can't be bothered. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't spend the time to dissect you. 
And it's like, because well, you here's don't the need thing. to dissect me. <laughs> here's the thing. Part of the overall, the overarching program that is, you know, breaking down now in our society, but still ruling the loudest. It has the loudest voice. It doesn't necessarily have the largest support. It has the loudest voice. Um, and so sometimes that makes it feel like it has the largest support. But that <laughs> that program is based on control. Uh-huh. And the way it controls us is to make us too tired to fight back. So uh-huh. what you're experiencing is that person that's running away from you is instantly unconsciously aware that in taking too much of you will force it to question its reality. Everything. Yeah. And it doesn't, that person does not have enough energy or resources to both live the life that they've been living and contemplate what someone like you might mean once introduced to the environment. And this is how this is how the blueprint works. This is we're talking about the blueprint of our existence. This is how it works on every single level. Yeah. And on my end, I can't origami myself into something that's going to be acceptable for them. Well, I don't you're have not the energy to. for that. You're not meant to. I'm yeah. you come too far. You can't there's no backing out now. You have to be who you are. And and as we were talking about prior to hitting record. I honestly believe that all the dizziness and the spin that you're experiencing is the floodgates of your own compartmentalization. That infrastructure is being dismantled. It's disintegrating as a result of the changes that you have shaken hands with in the past year. Yeah. And for you, because everything tends to manifest physically in your body because you're a fucking earth lover and you signed on for the whole human experience, like some kind of wackadoo. I think that that's how it is expressing itself in your body, which is why the doctors cannot get a hold of what's causing it because their information does not go deep enough to tap into. And ultimately, it's the same problem. Unfortunately, and I'm, and let me just start by saying, I, I do not hate Western medicine. I do not completely remove myself from Western medicine. However, I am fully aware, and this is kind of what I'm getting to, that even though doctors mean well, And I'm sure many of them would like to treat the whole person. That is not how Western medicine is set up. That is not how our health system is set up. You are being treated for a symptom. We have specialists that deal with a slice of your body. Now, are there functional medicine doctors out there? Yes, they are incredibly expensive and for the most part, Insurance does not cover them. This is, again, another defect of our current system, in my opinion. Um, Now, I am very grateful for a lot of the things that Western medicine can do, but I also understand that Western medicine has the potential to be much more than it is. And wouldn't it be nice if we just had medicine, not Western medicine, not Eastern medicine, but just medicine, just holistic health. 
something that looks at the entire body, something where all of the information is correlated and you can see the correspondences between one issue and another issue. It's the same issue that I'm dealing with in my emotional life, in my spiritual life, and in my physical life. I'm tired of being compartmentalized. I don't like it. I am a whole person. I would like to be a whole person. I would like to be treated like a whole person. It does not make any sense to divide people up and make them. It's, it's, it's like the closer we are getting to becoming a unified society where people lean more wholly into their holistic selves, the more that that system that's been put in place that is currently crumbling is fighting and clawing to try to keep us in that space. And it's like, I'm sorry, I, I can no longer play that game. I know that's not where we're going. I know that's not going to be a part of my future. And so everything about me, in me, around me is fighting that system right now, except I don't have the energy to fight. So really what's happening is I'm just trying to step more into me, what feels more like me, holistically like me, and allow everything else to just unwind around me because I'm tired of running around trying to unwind everything else. I'm reversing the flow of the carousel right now. And that feels like, <laughs> like it feels like that kind of like, I am literally going against the flow right now. And my whole life has been about going with the flow or trying to find flow or be in the flow. And now everything in me is working against what the quote unquote flow of the external world is. Well, that's the thing right there. It's the flow of the external world because there is no external world. There is only an internal world. And I know that this is a concept that kind of like, you know, makes people go offline. Um, but bear with me because I think this is all going to tie together. I don't know if I have the capacity to explain what I was getting as you said that. But interestingly enough, you are not, you are not reversing the polarity. You have discovered that there is a different track with a different flow that happens to go opposite the flow that you've always gone with. You are not reversing polarity. The polarity goes both ways. And you are trying to switch tracks. And you aren't sure what that looks like. This goes for me too. I'm not sure what it looks like either. Um, and while you were talking about that, this might not be the right time to bring it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. And if it doesn't quite coalesce, we can let it go. But something interesting came up while you were talking about the system and how you would like to be treated like a whole person, which by the way, is a challenge to the system. Mm -hmm. And the guides showed me a real brief glimpse of AI, which yeah. is a really hot topic right now. And, you know, um, the dystopian novels have been theorizing what a, uh, 
civilization with AI will be like. And now we are actually seeing things like uh, Elon Musk's little creepy robot thing. And we're seeing um, AI robots policing New York. And we're seeing ChatGBT writing things for everybody. We all know what we're seeing in terms of AI. But what they were showing me was we have this big question of what happens if and when AI becomes conscious and what is consciousness? And this is bringing up a whole existential argument between people or uh, maybe not an argument, but a debate, a debate between people. And what they were showing me is, and and I don't have the full download yet because quite honestly, my brain meets are full. So I may not, I may not get that for a while, if ever. But what they did give me, which I find an interesting little snack that they've dropped in my lap is if you are choosing to go, quote, against, which is not really against, it's just if you're choosing a different flow that happens to be the opposite of the flow you've been in, and that flow threatens a system, then in a way that will come across as the system consciously trying to preserve its life. Does that make any sense to you? Because I don't think I nailed that one. Um, Like trying to F you up on purpose and keep you down. It's going to do what it needs to do in order to remain intact. This is the blueprint. And while we may think that that is consciousness, what I'm getting right now, and and I again, I have not wrapped my mind around this at all. This is just coming in as it is. Um, what I'm getting about that right now is that is not true consciousness. That is the artificial. That is the art. That is the design of an artificial matrix that you are witnessing, and so it's going to happen regardless of whether it's AI. Or regardless of it's it's a system that has been, you know, the justice system, uh, the financial systems, all of these systems are in their own way uh, distortions of consciousness is the way they want me to say it. And I just find that really interesting because this is one of the things that I'm intrigued by as as I move through my own path, my own journey. I'm always questioning about AI and will it become sentient and what is exactly, what does that mean exactly? And how could that, what could that yield for us as a, as a society? And what I'm getting is that the more people who believe that that is actual consciousness, the longer we will linger in this false matrix that we're in. What you're trying to do right now for yourself is break out those pieces of you that have been so deeply encumbered by what you've had to do to survive mm-hmm. in the programming that you were raised with um, that you feel like you are reversing flow. But in reality, you are entering a different, an entirely different paradigm. There's no need to reverse the flow. No, ultimately, I'm writing my own program. It yes. just, it's, yes. it's very tedious and cumbersome and feels like a fight because it is very different from from what I have been living in, from what, what I have you, stepped into. Well, what you've been indoctrinated into. Sure. And and I would say furthermore that it's it is actually a fight because what you are fighting, holy shit, what you are fighting is the 
sentience, quote unquote, the artificial sentience of the old program that was first installed. It will not go down without a fight. Sure. No. Because and it, it has its own consciousness, but it's sure. not real consciousness. It's not human consciousness. It is the consciousness that we imbued it with on our behalf. It's a tulpa. Sure. And, and I understand that. And it's, and once again, here I am, you know, kind of in that middle space. Um, there's a lot of things out there right now that I feel like there is a lot of fear built around. Um, there's a lot of fear built around systems collapsing. There's a lot of fear built around things like AI. I have a very different take on a lot of those things. Although, yes, from certain angles, those things look really scary and you can see definite problems and issues. I've also, I feel like I've also been awakened to or privy to some different versions of a lot of those things where, although it feels scary or sketchy at first, there are other options for it that are not scary and are actually helpful. You mean there are other ways that we can utilize things like AI as yes. tools for the good of our society rather than the continued breakdown or even overtake. Yes. And uh, the, takeover. And, <laughs> takeover and, 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 society. The, and the big word around all of those options is consciousness. Whatever you do, whatever you decide to shake hands with, you have to do it consciously and with the awareness that you get to decide how you use that for you and for for those around you for the betterment of your society how how you oh it's like how do I say this without well I guess there is no way to say that without this it's it has it absolutely has to do with that kind of this and mentality that we were talking about in earlier episodes. You don't have to throw away every portion of something or strip it down to its basest components in order to um, use it to any sort of benefit. Sometimes you have to build a complex system, which might seem more mired down by, you know, additional garbly gook. But with, with consciousness, you're able to put the details in that make it actually function for you. Like, if I just think of my own life and the things that feel more quote unquote natural to me, my life would probably like, if I was described to describe it to you, and I don't really think that there's a good way that I can do that in an episode, but 
if I were to describe it to most people, I think most people would go, wow, that's a lot of moving pieces and that's really complex. And that seems like an awful lot of trouble and like that's too much to like try to put into any one day. But for me, it's like, well, no, I like having all of those little pieces. All of those little pieces allow me like that feels like it allows me more freedom, not the stripping down of those things. That feels like more work. When I add more complexity to something, when I add more details, I'm a very detail-oriented person. I feel like when I add more details, I am designing a more complete picture for myself that I feel much more comfortable in. But is there a difference between over-structuring, over-building, over-designing and playing with nuance. And I will say, having asked that question out loud and hearing it just by the words alone, there is a definitive difference between those two things. Sure. One is a designing to, so that in the future you can do less work, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. One is coming from a perspective. The other is coming from a perspective of desiring, wanting to play with the details, the nuance. That is enjoyable for you. That right there talks about the the the, the pin, pinnacle of the difference between those two things. We are living in a society or we are evolving out of a society that was designed to take away our ability or our 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 burden as how it was looked at at the time. They, they society was taken taking that burden away from us of having to deal with the details. And now we are evolving out of that into a society where we are taking back our power and part of our power is getting to, of being allowed to, taking our power back to play with the details again. We are pulling back those back into ourselves. So the people who say that that's too detailed, that's too much work, are still entrapped, ensnared in the old matrix. And the people who are like, get out of my life, I'm going to go play with all the details now, are awakening to where we're headed. And I can, I can frame that for myself in design. Like some of the design periods that I hold the most dear that I love, I love the Victorian era love the Victorian era, which is filled with lots of details and lots of flourishes and a lot of actually really cool things that made life not only easy, but pretty, like aesthetically pleasing. It like it made it comfortable. There were a lot of little inventions and nuances to things and how things worked and how areas were laid out, they were all about making something comfortable, functional, and aesthetically pleasing. And I love that. I love, love, love that. What I did not like is I was born in the 70s. So stepping into the 70s, where everything started to become very modular, and everything looked like a box, and it was like, We just want to be able to unplug and plug in something. We want to make it the easiest switch over ever. I, everything in my whole being said, 
Ew. No. Me too. Like, don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't like clutter. I don't like, um, junk. You know, I don't like an overcluttering of things. I don't like it when something is too busy. There's definitely, you know, things that I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, too much. Edit, edit, edit. But I love when you get to combine, and again, multiple facets for to to complete a full picture that gives you more that is inspiring i walk into a victorian building you know an old victorian home and i look around and i go wow like how many spaces are there here that are like just perfectly appointed towards a specific function like they're not Izzy willy nilly. It's very specific, but yet at the same time, really beautiful and just has all of these lovely facets to it that feels to me more complete. So, you know, that's kind of if if I want to sum myself up like as an individual, you know, experience me as an old Victorian home. I'm, you know, I've I've got gingerbread over here. And I've got, you know, some some beautiful colors over here. And here's an accent wall with some wallpaper. And here's a perfectly appointed little sitting room with, you know, the most comfortable chairs and a lovely lamp. And then here's a, kin- a kitchen that functions just so that, you know, it has an easy distance between this area and this area. So if you're making this thing it's going to be very easy to do that. But without sacrificing its artistic nature, without sacrificing its substance. Um, you know, for me, when I looked at architecture that was very module, I felt like, wow, you like cleared the page completely. And I'm not inspired by any of that. There's nothing, there's nothing left to inspire with. How am I supposed to be creative in that space? I can't be creative in that space. There's nothing there. There's nothing there for me to like engage with, to play off of, to, um, you know, point at and, and help evolve. It's too simple. It's too plain. It's too minimalist. And I also don't like the idea of, I don't really like the idea of plug and play. I think there's nuances to everything. And the same way I feel like you can't just unplug a person from a particular job and plug in another person as most corporations would like to think that they can because there are nuances to that individual who's held that particular position and things that they have discovered and developed over the years that the person that comes in after may not be able to do because they don't have those experiences and we should be paying more attention to the people that hold those experiences and giving them more leeway 
to have those experiences, which then in turn make it easier and better for everybody. Like that's just not how people think today, or at least that I've experienced. That's not how people come across or think that like everything is so modular. Everything is so, well, I can just take this thing out and put this thing in and it will work exactly the same way. I'm just filling a space. Again, that's an aspect of reductivism. Yeah. The desire to homogenize styles, to homogenize people, to homogenize all of this makes it more easily controlled by a system or a series of systems. And that's what we're breaking out of. So, of course, you're feeling more adamant about it not being that way. But the truth of the matter is, is that what you're really tapping into is you're tapping into your own sense of playfulness when it comes to the vast opportunities that we have to play on this planet. There's nothing wrong with a mid-modern, a mid-century modern aesthetic if that floats your boat. Because if it floats your boat, then you are looking at the mid-mod aesthetic and going, wow, this is really clean. I like this about it. I like that about it. And when you infuse a space with that intention, you are infusing it with the energy of a creator. However, when society becomes a block of plug and play and it loses that intention, it loses that passion. That is the disintegration. Like an isotope disintegrates. That's what's happening with that aesthetic. It disintegrates. It loses its intention until the only intention left is the functionality of that intention. And at that point, it it is more easily transitioned into a control mechanism. People fall unconscious and suddenly they are at the mercy of their environment not because their environment was designed to control them, but because they released the intention behind that environment. They released their own desire to create their environment. And now they are living in someone else's creation. This is what we're dealing with right now. Exactly. And, and again, like just because something isn't my cup of tea doesn't mean that I don't fully appreciate someone whose cup of tea that is like if that is your thing sweet if I know that that's your thing I want to pick you up and go hey you know who'd be great for this this person right here they love that shit go for it but you need to have that instead of this is so modular that we should be and everybody should be so modular that we should be able to choose anyone in the lineup and pluck them out and put them into that space and they should function exactly the same way as the last person. And that's a big no for me. And it's because it's because of that perspective. It's because of that perspective that we have the fear and the impending possibility that AI will be replacing humans for their jobs. Now there is nothing wrong with AI replacing a human to a degree. If it's done with the intention of freeing up that person's creative liberties. However, that's not what we're looking at right now. What we're looking at is the institutions are still running a plug and play mentality of everyone is interchangeable and exchangeable and uh, disposable. So because that is the intention with which AI is being created, 
that is the dominant energy that is ruling the way AI interacts with us as creator beings. The more of us who awaken to our own creativity as creators of our reality, the more that intention will switch over. And then that tool, which is neither good nor bad, will be used to support that intention because that's what we do. Sorry, I'm trying to write something out. A download? Um, uh, not really. Uh... Is that what I had called it? So I had gotten, God, how long ago was this? It was over a year ago. I had this huge personal download that was all about artificial intelligence. That's what I've been thinking about this entire time. And... It did absolutely the opposite of instilling fear in me. It made me feel wildly free to the point where, like, I was crying because it felt so amazing. Like it a gift. Felt, it felt like a freaking gift. And basically, what I saw being put into place would not be artificial intelligence. What I just wrote down was personal intellectual intelligence. So this would be a direct copy of you that you have full autonomy over that is all of your intellectual property and character, everything that makes you, you. But being put into a place where it can act as you, because it is you, um, but for a purpose that would be like, you know, the person that has to go to work and do the, the quote unquote job. The person that has to stand behind the counter and give customer service or do, you know, the particular skill that you have so that you, the, the physical you, the, the more, um, the more holistic, physical, emotional, spiritual you, conscious conscious you, you, the conscious Mm -hmm. you can go be on vacation, spend time with family, learn something else, do whatever it is with your time that you feel is the most beneficial for you and those around you, however you want to do it, however you see fit. While this other very skilled, very well-appointed version of you, be it holographic or a physical, which is you, which you own because it is you. It is a version of you. It is something that you are basically like giving license to another individual 
for a particular purpose and then you receive monies for that or some sort of exchange for that. That's what I saw. And the minute the they told me it's the first glimpses of this we're going to start seeing very soon. And it was probably about six to nine months later that the first little chatterings of like the the chat GPT yeah mm-hmm. that came out mm-hmm. and I remember when I saw that and I was like oh, like I got this flood of oh this is it this is the start mm-hmm. and it actually made me excited where everyone was freaking out I was like I I understand it's not that I'm blind to what I see happening with it currently but I think what I felt was I I have this deep inner knowing of where we're going and my whole big my my big thing has always been And I think one of the reasons why I continue to do this over and over again, and by saying that, I mean, making the conscious choice as a spirit to keep reinserting myself into this human experience is because I fully see the potential of humans and what they're able to do. And it's, uh, although some of that can be not so great, it's also not all bad. And you can use that information for a more positive outcome just as easily as you can a more, what most people consider negative outcome. And as we break down this matrix that we're living in by inwardly changing our idea of what that looks like, your vision that you had um, will become more relatable. I think right now, it's interesting because when you first told me about that download, I remember my reaction was, oh, fuck, no, are you joking? There's no way I'm going to replicate myself to do Uh a job for someone because that sounded, there are like 90 to a thousand ways to corrupt that, that I didn't, I didn't trust the world we live in enough. I don't trust other people enough. I don't trust society enough to allow any of that to happen. Fuck you. Not going to happen. But now, when you talk about it, I'm starting to see the threads. We haven't connected them yet. No. But we are bridging back. And the way we're bridging back to help other people awaken, these aspects of us that were perhaps at one time unacceptable and now in certain ways, by certain means, are still unacceptable, but are becoming more the norm. Our Those, those aspects of us that challenge the matrix that we've been living in um, are starting to tip the scales. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling an energy of the scales tipping. And I feel like 2024 is going to be a big scale tipping moment. I don't exactly know what that means. They don't give me details on that, but I've been feeling it for a while. And I'm almost a little bit 
uh, afraid <laughs> to it's, dig into that. Like I have not asked for details because I'm like, I can barely handle what my life is doing right now. I don't think I can handle how big 2024 feels. Look, nothing, nothing like this ever looks pretty at first. It's going to be messy. It's going to feel messy. It's going to feel yucky, just like it does right now. It feels yucky because there is so much introspection. There is so much inner work. We need that inner work right now because that is helping to lay the foundation. The things that we are learning to stand up to, stand up for, speak out for, um, insert ourselves into and really stand in the middle and say, no, I'm a collection of all these things. You cannot divide me up into pieces and auction me off to the highest bidder anymore. I will not stand for it. And that includes things like the healthcare system. That includes things like our financial system and our economy. That includes things like corporations who love to subdivide and subdivide and subdivide and subdivide until there's nothing left. We are moving away from that. It is going to feel uncomfortable. These are things that I am very well aware of. I am nervous to a certain extent to what it's going to look like because I know it's going to look like an absolute shitstorm. But I also know that I can live through an absolute shitstorm because I just did. We all <laughs> just did. Just not too very long ago. And we're still seeing that. But I think that was part, part of the reason of that was to let us know, yes, for a while, things will look very upside down and inside out. And there will be a lot of despair and there will be a lot of depression and there will be a lot of finger pointing and blaming and conspiracy and all the things, all the things, all the things, all the things. People will just be triggered all the time, all the time, all the time. Everybody's going to get triggered because everybody has to awaken to a point where they start stepping into a new vision for themselves, where they're not just simply taking the meal that's being given to them and going off to a corner and consuming. There's going to be more conscious thought. And in that conscious thought be is evolution. And yes, there will be, there's always going to be little threads left over from whatever the previous incarnation was. Always. You need that. That's, that's what helps us in that new space. That's what helps us negotiate and feel somewhat stable. The, the thing is, Right now, we are learning to stabilize ourselves instead of having some exterior thing being the stabilizing factor. And that's one of the reasons why it feels so gross right now, 
because everything that we have learned to lean on as a stabilizing factor, which is external of us, is crumbling beneath our feet. And our guides are going, but you're still okay. You understand this, right? Like, do a self-check right now. Pat yourself down. You're still here, yes? Like, things are spinning quite literally for me right now. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I know that I know on some deeper level that I'm going to be okay, even in the days when it doesn't feel like I'm going to be okay. And that is what is helping me through. And the more I lean into that space, the more I know it's going to help me through that time and whatever is coming up. It's like, look, at this point, I know I've been through <laughs> anything and everything. It's like, and I really, I'm, I'm, I'm not bold enough at the moment to say, go ahead, bring it on, throw it at me because I'm tired <laughs> and I don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> I don't really want the world to lay its garbage at my feet. That's no, that's not a thing that I want. What I want is I want to feel more at ease with myself I want to feel more in tune with myself. I want to feel like other people are making a connection to me and like I can make a connection to them without sacrificing any parts of who we really are at our core. I don't want to divide you up. I don't want you to divide me up. I want to accept you and all your weird quirkiness, even if I don't agree with you. I want to accept you. I want to see the value in your quirk. And in return, I ask the same of you for me. Please accept me and see value in all my quirkiness. And I think the basis for that kind of acceptance comes easily when we change our our belief system at the core and by that i mean believing that the people around us it is not their intention to hurt us that doesn't mean that they aren't capable it doesn't mean that they won't hurt you what it means is i have never met a person who sets out to make others suffer no without without having been programmed that that's their only means of survival or without well ultimately without conscious living with simply buying into or handing themselves over to the monotony of the system which wishes to consume them and and use them as a consumable. I no longer wish to be a consumable product in that way. I am, I am a whole person that has many, many, many pieces, which are now all coming together. All the best pieces of me are, are combining 
together. They're they're coming into one whole individual who I am working very tirelessly right now to make a good home for all of those little pieces so that we can live holistically and very much out in front of all the things as one complete individual and and not of a subdivided fractal neighborhood of spirit <laughs> neighborhood, neighborhood is exactly the word that came into my mind i heard neighborhood before you said it yeah i'm not a neighborhood anymore i'm i'm a whole person i'm one entity combined now and and i feel like what i'm going through right now is definitely another round of combination and that's why i'm so uh done <laughs> like it's, it's all, tiring it's it is it's exhausting tiring. it's a lot to sew yeah. those pieces together and and really consciously make decisions about what you are calling because yes there are things that are being called but those things are being that are being called are like are like the layers that have like layers of plastic that have been laid over as a protective covering over something. And I'm peeling those layers back, just trying to like, where's the flesh? You're in there somewhere. Let me get to the meat of you. There's the meat of you. Okay. See how like, see how much nicer and shinier you are without all of those dulling covers over you. Okay. Those we can peel off and get rid of because those don't have anything to do with you those are layers of protection that were built up in order for you to play in that particular system a system which you no longer wish to be a part of so that can go yeah but you that fragment of you that's buried in there underneath all of that shit that needs to come out. We're drawing that out and we're sewing that together. And that is a lot of fucking work. It's a lot and, of work. It's and tiring. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of fear that comes with that. Like it oh, may, sure. may not be, and it may not even be on a conscious level, but it's scary when something has been um, protected for so long. Once those layers of protection have been peeled away, it doesn't know how to interact without those layers of protection. So there's a whole new learning curve. Every time we do this for another fragment of ourselves, it's an entirely different learning curve. Then we're going to have to go through this process again and again and again. For those of you, again, I say, just like I did at the top of the show, for those of you out there who are going through this chrysalis phase, know and remember that each time you do this, you will have more expansion afterwards and the expansion feels really good. So don't lose sight of that. In yeah. while you're in the dark, gooey place, <laughs> the dark, gooey place is always going to suck. It always is. Don't lose sight of the fact that it will yield inevitably. Yeah, it, is, it is temporary. Yeah. And I'm so, telling myself this right now. I'm telling yeah, as I say this, I am, this is a message for me. As much as it might help someone else, I'm saying this because it's coming through. I'm letting the words come through my mouth. And I'm listening to this channeled message at the same time because I need to hear it right now. Absolutely. And, and it's very interesting because when they come through, like, I, like I couldn't even tell you what I just said for the last five, 10 minutes. I, I don't even know how long I was talking for and in, uninterrupted. In, in, I have no idea. Um, but 
when that happens, when I can allow the me that is tired and frustrated and done with the ridiculousness of the bullshit that I'm experiencing right now, when I can let that portion of me slide over for a minute so that the version of me that is more holistic, that can see all of the things from its perspective right now, allowing that person to come through and speak with authority with the help of my guides. That's the person that just did all the talking. (laughs) And when I re-listen to these shows, that's the person that I get to listen to. And internally, what that feels like is energy, like being energized, like being cleared out of gunk, um, like having all the icky, sticky parts cleaned away for a minute so that that fresh energy can come in. And I actually feel a boost. It's almost like endorphins. Um, and that's great. <laughs> and I appreciate that because I will, I will take that any time of day right now. <laughs> yeah. Because it does at the moment feel like an exception, even though I know from the portion of me who that just spoke that that's not necessarily true. It's just the perspective that the portion of me who is sitting here right now that is not yet fully integrated yet is perceiving. That was a lot of words. <laughs> but well, I think I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully, because this 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 conversation is not over, but our time is up today. We've really enjoyed speaking to each other and we really hope you've enjoyed listening to us. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to email us or contact us on any of our social media accounts. We're always out there watching for you. And if you're not following us already, please follow us on all the things that really helps us to know that we're not just talking to ourselves. Anyway, we will be doing a uh, after the show meetup. Uh, the show drops on Thursday. We will be having a Discord meetup online uh, on Saturday following this show's release. So please show up. It's always a good time. It's a small but and intimate group right now, but it is a quality group of people. So come join the conversation, especially if you have questions for us. We'd love to answer them. And in the meantime, hang in there. Bye-bye.